Hi, I'm Jess. I'm Piper. I'm Chris. And this is Coffee and Scream. Welcome back, everybody. I hope everyone had a good week. Um, mine was very nice. What about you, Piper? Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah? Just chill. Yeah? Did you do anything fun? Not really. Yeah, okay. I just went to work and... Tuesday. Uh, did... Tuesday's not the highlight. I was going to say Friday's the highlight. Yeah. Friday. I got my, I just... I got my uh, shows mixed. Yeah. Come... <sighs> Sorry. Come on. My week was good. Yeah, your week yeah, was good. Was I'm so I glad. Watched, uh... This movie called uh, Haruko the Goblin, which uh-huh. was like a Japanese horror movie, and it was uh, mm. it was cute. It was, it was pretty fun. It was pretty. cute, and mm. like this fucking this like lady with spider legs on her head, like mm-hmm. she was pretty much like a head spider, and she haunted okay. a, a fucking school. Mm. Very Scooby Doo. Mm. Speaking of spider shit, my dad told me that Joro spiders are coming to New Jersey, and they're spiders. That parachute. No, 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 no. Really? No. Parachuting spiders. And they're like, and I looked one up, and they're probably like the size of this fucking napkin right here. It's terrifying. What are they called? Joro spiders. J-O-R-O spiders. Okay. Now, are they, because I've heard that some spiderlings, younger spiders, they they use their web to catch wind to travel from like Mm -hmm. the nest and to just pretty much. Absolutely not. I'm moving. Can you describe the, to the listeners what you're um, seeing? It is a spider that is mm, try, like bigger than my hand. It's, it looks well, your really, hands are tiny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you do have. Like, um, I would say like uh, like a playing card size. Okay. With a yellow stripey body and long skinny black legs. Um, here, really? do you want to pass that over to Chris? Yeah. No, absolutely not. No fucking thank now, you. Now, they got their fucking hornets now, Chris has, like, tarantulas, so, like, spiders don't bother him. Oh, this looks like a garden spider almost. It does. It looks very similar to, like, those classic garden spiders. Which, those are those scare me, but I know they, they don't do anything. They just hang out in that spot. These fuckers are nuts. No, th- yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen an ogre-faced spider? No. There are these, there's these spiders, and, you know, they have, I think, like, eight, six to eight eyes. But there's two huge eyes, almost like a jumping spider you'd see. And they have longish bodies. Yeah, look at them. But they make they make a net with their with their feet and they trap things like that. They like actually they, have very cute eyes. They're cool as fuck. Yeah. What are they called yeah. again? Ogre faced spiders. Um like a Shrek. Shrek face. They're like It looks like Shrek. It kinda does. When <laughs> when I was like younger, we had to read like this thing in English class that was like, um, like spiders uh, about spiders and everything and i remember when i was little my like my arachnophobia was so bad that for me to take the book home and be able to do my homework the teacher had to like cover the pictures of the spiders with like lined paper so that i could complete my homework i don't like spiders but like i have no problem taking care of business like business on my own yeah um I try to keep them alive. Well, like, well, like, not as me. A, as an adult, like, I'm very, like, very much better at like killing insects and everything. Like, like the, like, literally yesterday, I drowned one in raid, and then I, 
Yeah, that's what you have to do. Send you have it to down like my drain. You like, don't have to do that. I, you like, kind of <laughs> do. You kind of do. It was a flying roach that entered my bathroom. So no, you got to like stun it, like spray it with something. So they're like, what, what the fuck's happening? And the next thing you know, it's smush. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It entered my shower. That thing is not gonna watch me while I shower. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> I try. I don't know. I just turned to a hippie. I tried. Roach. I so, I told you the murder hornet in my room story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I caught that fucker alive. And I, you ever see in Ace Ventura where he throws the medallion into the cave? Mm-hmm. Die, the Yeah. <laughs> that was me with the cup. I didn't. I just fucking threw the cup in the the folder. God no. Mm. And uh, dude, I've I slammed that door so fucking hard. It was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was I was just like I was standing behind it against the door like hyperventilating did was, your house shake uh, I shook you shook he's, I, he's still shook I'm still shaking yeah you see this to this day <laughs> but, uh, legend I, has it I'll he's never, still shaking I'll never forget the fucking feeling of the wings flapping in the cup god it was like Ugh. a jet engine it was like a it was like a little drone machine. No, thank you. I can read about murders. I can look at crime scenes. I can read ghost stories. Watch all that stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but spiders? Yeah, I can hear no, you no. getting choked up. I it's I I don't like it. Yeah. Like it makes my skin crawl. Spiders give you a frog in the throat. They do. It make like I'm like ugh, I get like the willies. Well, I'm like no, 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 no. There's a. I think that's why I like them. There's a poisonous spider in Hawaii, and it's called the Hawaiian Happy Face Spider because there's like a pa- Honolulu, there's like, and Mokonoko. they're like they're like bright yellow. <laughs> spider. It's we're almost getting to that time. Yeah, yeah, but 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 they're like bright yellow, and the pattern on their back looks like a smiley face, and that's why they call like the they call them psychopaths. The happy face. Yeah. And I'll tell like, you what, spiders are the ones you got to worry about. Tarantulas, they have brute strength. They don't really need venom that's that strong unless mm-hmm. they're from old world, like you know India and. Um, but, Africa, those are fun. Do, those are hurt. You don't touch them, like you no. don't take them out and like, nope. like not mine. handle them. No, I have a Socotra Island baboon. I don't know what that is. It's it's so it's actually oh one, god, it's one yeah. of the no, only. No, Piper, put it away. Look up Socotra Island baboon. This is the Hawaiian happy uh, face spider. I don't know how to spell that. That looks like a goth rave spider. Yeah, like a cyber goth rave. Spider. Here, give him. Or um, oh, there's another name for the Socotra Island baboon. How do you spell? Uh, C O or S O C. Sacatra? I don't know. Ricotta Island. Ricotta Island baboon. It's Sacatra, so it's like S O C A T. You know, I'm just gonna type. I fucking I can't spell. I'm good on paper. I swear, <laughs> guys, don't you know? Don't trust me. I'm just gonna. This type Hawaiian happy baboon face baboon is such a catfish, though. God, I'd be like, why? Oh my God, he's so happy. Yeah. And then he freaking bites me, and I'm oh, dead. Oh, I found <laughs> it. Yeah, and these are one of the only. Oh, that one's kind of, it's pretty. The, the blue and like the velvet yeah. color, oh, but they're one of the. I still want to smush the shit out of it. They're one of the few um, communal oh, tarantula pretty. species. Like you can have multiple of the same tarantula in an enclosure, and they won't. Because I feel like my tarantulas are like a little less scary, is because they tend to be fluffy, and we associate <laughs> things with like fur, like to be cute. Could be. And everything. I mean, like pe- people don't really know the difference between a spider and a tarantula. Well, I saw a thing on TikTok. This girl had like these tiny little jumping spiders. Mm-hmm. And they were like fuzzy. I'm like, those are actually kind of cute. Like, yeah, cool. uh, okay. And, the one, really and like the one died, and I was like, I'm sad about a spider you, dying. You know the animation, Lucas the spider? No. Well, it's just like this, like animation of like a spider, and it's like voiced by the guy's like kid mm-hmm. and everything. And he is like an animated jumping spider. And the videos are so cute. Like, there's one, and he's like escaping like a, a, from under a cup and everything. But oh, like, yeah, he voices them. What a rascal. Yeah. yeah. But, like, um, 
But he's like a little jumping spider and he looks Aww. so fluffy. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I feel like they get a bad rap. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm ticks good. can fuck off. Well, I don't know what their purpose is at all. Yeah. Or mosquitoes. Just to suck my fucking, suck the blood out of my nuts. Ticks give. <laughs> I did have one when I was younger. Ticks give my dog wine yeah, cookies. No, I have two nuts. Oh. I had one tick. Oh, okay. Okay. You know. <laughs> and, and they had to use a hot match, uh, match head to have it back out. Oof. You know, where they, you, you light oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You count to three and blow it out. And then I've had s- multiple tick bites. Yeah. Like. I've had them behind my ear. Yeah. I've had a tick on my eye. No. Ew. Jesus. <laughs> Burner. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I've, uh, I've, so I've gotten bitten by a tick and yeah, that was not fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Goodness. Have you ever been stung by bees? Yes. I We've talked about yeah, this yeah, conversation. Yeah, okay, we'll move on. All right. We're done with insect corner. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of invertebrates, what's going on with today's uh, topic? What are we looking at? Today, the category is bad friends. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bad friends. Yep. Okay. That could be subjective. Like, are they bad? Yeah. Like well, bad? like, if a friend murders another friend, it's probably a Ooh. bad friend. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, maybe I can bring some topics in the future because I just got an idea. Yeah. Marvin Gaye. Yes. Uh-huh. Also, Roger um, from Zap and Roger. He was from who? Shot, he was shot. Oh, is that from Roger? I want to be your man. Mm-hmm. Computer love. Mm-hmm. You know that song? Computer mm-hmm. love. Uh, ounce for the bounce. I don't. Oh, you've definitely heard his. I'm telling you. I probably you. have. I just uh, don't there's got to be a, a, a no, but more, oh, there's plenty of. But them his brother that, fucking yeah. shot him in a studio over like a, a musical dispute mm-hmm. with the record deal and stuff. Oh, there's like been countless like mm-hmm. people that have gotten murdered and shit. Like bad know? siblings. That could be a topic. Yeah. Oh, there's a whole th- yeah. Like, like yeah, kids killing parents, parents like, killing kids, like fucking Becky Watts, like, like uh, that that was a case out of the UK, and like the, uh, her like stepbrother like fucking kidnapped her and like murdered her and dismembered her. Well, that's the case. Definitely, he didn't like how she was treating his mother. Okay, I wanted to teach her a lesson. No. Yeah, I'll teach her. Oh, no. bo- oh boy, did he? Yeah. How, what, what like, lesson- the, like what? Her is- lessons are over. Like, like that's not right. That's terrible like the girl's like 16 like she's gonna treat like her stepmother like crap like every teenage girl does like yeah yeah. it's except for me true (laughs) and except for me (laughs) there's gotta be more like more stories with uh musicians and stuff having oh there's so many there i mean well the the sid and nancy thing that was nuts Uh yeah that was fucking like jerry lee lewis like one of his wives like fucking killed herself or something like it was a whole thing yeah yeah there's a there's a lot um but I guess enough with the chit chat because both of our stories are kind of long, so we're gonna jump yep. right in. Uh, There's a spider on your shirt. Don't fucking say that. <laughs> no. Well, one more spider story. I swear to God, one day oh, God. I was in the car. There would be a jest shaped hole in that wall. I would just jump out the window. Yeah, like <laughs> running, like running pose. I swear to God, there was one time back naked because my clothes been off immediately. Back in the day, remember iPods? Uh huh. I had like a little iPod, like one of the tall ones. Not it wasn't a video. It was like one of the cheaper ones, which is one of the um the iPods. Okay. And I was in a car, and this was like dark. It was like nighttime. I was going to my buddy's house at the time. I go to change songs. I swear to God, I like hit the middle button Ooh, so the light would come on. Not, I guess I on the fucking screen, the whole screen is just a silhouette of a black spider. I'm scared. No. Dude, oh, no. I lost no. my mind. This is when I was afraid. I and wouldn't it, have an iPod anymore. I, I've never been so small in a backseat. I try, I, you know what I'm saying? I tried to sit so tight. I was like, just get me out of this car. But now I'm fine. I'm so glad. That spider was a bad friend. It was a bad yeah. friend. Now it's a good friend. 
No, I still would have lost my shit. I would have screamed <laughs> as loud as possible. That, that car would have crashed. Yeah. <laughs> I would have grabbed the forward. wheel. Yeah. yeah. From the back seat. I cover the driver's eyes and I'm like, screaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 I've definitely gotten better at killing bugs, but, like, spiders are still, like, a nope. Like, I'm, like... Mm-hmm. I need a ten foot fucking pole to kill one of those yeah, things dude. by myself. There, yeah, uh, no. there's something else. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, let's get into it. Yep. So, bad friends. Yes. Well, my story takes place in a small town of Orinda, California, in 1984. Mm-hmm. A 15 year old girl named Kirsten Costas lived with her affluent family, which consisted of father Arthur, mother Barrett, and younger brother Peter. Kirsten attended Miramonte High School, and she was very Mm well-liked, and she was a member of the cheerleading squad and the varsity swim team, like a very, like, go-getter kind of girl. The biggest clique in school was known as the Bobolinks, also known as the Bobbies. The Bobadook. Yeah. (laughs) This group was made of the most, like, affluent kids, like, it was very snobby, like... Eyes odd for days. My dad invented Tilsher Strudel. Yes, yeah. ex- ex- exactly. Like <laughs> I even have, I even have in my notes. Think the plastics and Heather's. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying parentheses Toaster Strudel. Yeah. My dad can ban you from Twitter.com. A whole <laughs> slew of like Regina Georges and Gretchen Wieners. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, Kirsten was a kind of a shoe in to be accepted into this, you know, really coveted club. Um, and in her sophomore year of high school. Kirsten and a handful of her friends were invited to join the Bobbies. Mm-hmm. Um, but the group, you know, while it did raise money for charity, pretty much it was just a social status club. Mm-hmm. Like, we're the rich kids. We're popular. Like, like, everything is. It, yeah. Especially back then. Yeah. Like, where's James Bader? Like, yeah. he's, you know, he was there somewhere. Billy Zane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew McCarthy. Yeah. Heather, uh, Heather, and Heather. Yeah. Well, before the end of the school year, Kirsten, along with her friends Lauren Shea and Bernadette Prati, are initiated into the Bobbies. After initiation, the girls are hazed in typical dazed and confused fashion. You know, like all like just like covering them with like flour and stuff and making yeah. them stand on corners. Barefoot. Like, just, yeah. Just up a fucking all that storm. stupid shit. Yeah. Um, and it was two weeks after the start of summer vacation that the Bobolinks started planning activities. For the like, the following school year, um, but one afternoon, Kirsten gets a phone call, or actually, Kirsten's mother got a phone call inviting Kirsten to a special dinner for her Bobolinks initiation, and it was like top secret, mm-hmm. like don't tell anybody, mm-hmm. and uh, like when they're gonna make Tommy. Yeah, but mm. oh no! But then like her mom, <laughs> like she takes in all the information and tells Kirsten like someone's coming to pick you up on Saturday, and um, it was later said that other. Um, prospective members were getting similar phone calls, mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, there's gonna be a secret dinner, you know. Oh, um, so multiple people got this call, allegedly. Okay. That Saturday, uh, Kirsten's neighbor Arthur Hillman was relaxing at home when he heard a blood curdling scream out front of his house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Arthur ran outside and he caught Kirsten as she was collapsing onto his front yard. Kirsten had been brutally stabbed and was bleeding out. Um, Arthur, he was holding uh, Kirsten and yelling for help, and he noticed a Volvo pulling away from the scene. And Kier- but Kirsten, you know, she was too far gone to say, like, what happened or who did this to her or anything, which is, like, ugh, it sucks. The last words were, Volvos are a piece of shit. Yeah. 
Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Um, she was rushed to the hospital where she passed away a short time later, and her family was by her side. They came home, like, as the police and ambulance were still there. Um, the whole town was obviously in shock over this attack, and, you know, the death of a well-liked young woman was unheard of. Like, this town was supposed to be, like, super safe. Like, it was just... Twin Peaks? Yeah. It always happens in they... friendly towns. Oh, yeah. And uh, they didn't know if this was a random attack or, you know, was it someone that she knew? Mm-hmm. Um, while law-, law enforcement combed the scene looking for evidence and a murder weapon, Sheriff Richard Rainey, along with the homicide team, began immediately trying to get answers as to, you know, who did this. Mm-hmm. They were right into action. Um, they immediately began interviewing witnesses in depth, starting first with Arthur Hillman, the man who discovered Kirsten. And he told detectives about the Volvo he had seen leaving the scene. Well, as he's telling detectives about the Volvo, that exact car pulls up to the curb. Speak of the devil. Yeah. So police questioned the driver, and he's identified as a man named Alex Arnold. Uh Arnold lived in an adjacent community not too far from Arinda. And Arnold tells the detectives a pretty crazy story. Mm-hmm. Um, he was at home that night when he got a knock on the door and it was Kirsten. Kirsten had knocked on his door because she said she was out with a friend, but got creeped out because the friend was acting weird and just wanted to go home. The girl, like she literally ran away to a stranger's house. Like how scared, like must she have been that, to do that? Cause you know, even then like stranger danger. Yeah. Um, it's the worst guy. Yeah. She's like a 15 year old girl. Like it's yeah. like, you're not, Oh my God. Um, she asked to use Arnold's phone to call her parents, but unfortunately her parents didn't answer. They weren't home. Um, but seeing that she was so scared, he offered to give her a ride home in his Volvo. The whole way to Kirsten's house, so he noticed a, like a yellow Ford Pinto following them. And Arnold asked who it was, but Kirsten, she never, she just didn't reply or she didn't say. Um, and because her parents still weren't home by the time she got there, Kirsten began walking towards the neighbor's house to sit and wait. And a second later, Arnold saw the driver of the Pinto get out of her car and run towards Kirsten. Mm -hmm. The girls were yelling at each other and Kirsten was just, you know, leave me alone. Like, you're being weird. Like, he heard this going on. This is Mr. Volvo's testimony. Yes. Okay. Um, And that was when the girl from the Pinto began stabbing uh, Kirsten. She was stabbed, I think, like, between like 13 and 19 times. Jesus. Like, pretty bad. Yeah. Um, the girl jumped into her pinto and fled the scene, and Arnold said he left too so he can pursue the attacker. So like, instead of offering aid to this young girl, which who knows, you know, it was only minutes maybe before the other guy. Because she already was. She was like, oh, like she collapsed into someone else's arms. He's probably like, no, I don't. She, yeah, pretty much. So, so like, what am I gonna do? Like, I guess I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who knows? You tell me this bitch drove a bean? Huh? Would she drive a Ford Pinto? The ones that oh. used to blow up. Oh. A Sorry. bean? What the? This bitch. <laughs> Look at this fool. Yeah, but he was only able to follow uh, the Pinto for a while before eventually he lost it, Pinto. And then uh, Arnold returned to the scene and the cops were skeptical about the story. Kirsten's parents then go down to police headquarters for their interview. And that's when Barrett, Kirsten's mother... Tells them about a super secret Bobby's dinner that Kirsten was invited to. The detectives then reach out to the other members of the Bobbies and are told that no such dinner party was planned and they have no idea who made that phone call. Mm-hmm. 
Alex Arnold was then cleared of any suspicion. You know, since he was the only one to witness the attack, he became a big asset to the investigation. He told investigators that Kirsten was attacked by a chubby girl with stringy blonde hair that drove a gold or mustard colored Pinto. All that was like looking for like a needle in a haystack in the Bay Area, California, because all of those girls at school, they're all blonde. They're all like it's. They all drive ship boxes. Probably, you know, um, just your average high schooler. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But they saw that the Pinto was their biggest lead and they started combing through uh, Kirsten's group of school friends. Mm hmm. And the town you know, was obviously horrified and scared that it could happen again. They did, however, think that it couldn't be possible that it was, quote unquote, one of their own that could do something so terrible. Because they were all good kids, mm-hmm. good rich kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, police began questioning kids at school and started with Kirsten's inner circle looking for uh, clues or a motive. Um, her, her, Kirsten and her friend Ashley, they would make prank phone calls to the less popular kids. Bernadette didn't make the cheerleading squad. Lauren and Kirsten were on the swim team together. Maybe something happened. Or maybe it was one of the kids that, you know, was bullied by the rich kids. Like, it, no one knew. Mm-hmm. The list of suspects was actually pretty big. And all of them were given a polygraph test, which they passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure they did most of those kids. Which, side note, polygraphs are not admissible. Well, court, exactly. But, you know. Yeah. At the time, were they? No, I don't think so. They, ever... They've never been admissible. They're, it's, I have mixed feelings. Pseudoscience, holistic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. students, particularly the popular kids, began speculating that one of the weird kids at school must have been responsible. They of zeroed, course, it's always the it's, weird Oh, kid. it's always, yeah. <laughs> they zeroed in. Huh? He said it's Evan Peters. <laughs> yeah. Yum. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we're a little flustered. Let's say, okay. Well, they zeroed in on one girl in particular, Nancy Kane. Can- uh, Nancy was a punk rocker, and she didn't like Kirsten or her friends. Nancy was the direct opposite of everything those girls were. Um, but it wasn't always that way. Uh, freshman year, Nancy was a big part of the popular crowd, and. Kirsten and Nancy were actually friends during middle school, but as the girls got older, they went their separate ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, To Nancy, Kirsten represented everything that she hated. And she actually wrote in her notebook that she, quote unquote, wanted to see her drip blood. Like, I bet you wish you didn't write that. No, Uh, and if you think about it for a second. Okay. Okay. What if she was. Okay. No, 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 no. Um. Actually, I don't know. (laughs) No, I don't know. I don't know her life. (laughs) Well, police took the lead from the rest of the community and brought Nancy in for questioning. Her alibi was that she was at the movies seeing Ghostbusters, and her parents refused to consent to a lie detector test. Mm -hmm. Due to the lack of leads, Kirsten's parents, they hold a uh, press conference asking for anyone with any information to come forward, and they were, you know, rightfully frustrated. Um... The first day of school rolls around and Nancy is a no-show. Students then decide that, well, she's not here. She must be the killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see, Nancy has lied to the police about her alibi. She confesses to the police that she hadn't been at the movies, but was actually at her boyfriend's apartment and didn't want her parents to know. Mm-hmm. Which is like, she even said like in this like little documentary thing I saw, she's like, I don't know why I lied. Like I should have just been truthful right off the bat, but she's like, 
I was young, I was dumb, and I was dating a boy my parents didn't approve of. Like, mm-hmm. it's such an innocent lie, but it was just at that, the worst she, time. She wasn't there? No, she was She was not at the movies. She was with a boyfriend instead. Oh, she was? Yeah. I thought that was just made up on the spot kind of thing. No, no, no. Like, mm. it was, she was being truthful then. And her real alibi was checked out, and she was no longer a suspect. The police are back to square one, and they don't have any new leads. Thousands of leads and hundreds of witnesses question lead to nowhere. And it's at this time that Sheriff Rainey reaches out to the FBI for help. Special Agent Bob Gast is assigned to help with the case. It's okay. Oh, <laughs> Gast. Gast. Oh, Gast. <laughs> yeah. That's, okay. that's, what is, is, he, what is he a cop? G, yeah, G-A-S-T. That's fucking Well, scary. an FBI yeah. Oh, it's, worse. It's fucking uh, Mickadoo all over again. Yeah. Gassed? Terrible. That sounds like he's gonna fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah, you about to get gassed you about up, to get boy. Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> dog. Dog? You about to gassed up, dog? Yeah. All I think of is, like, Gaston LaRue, who wrote fucking Phantom Time to the pay Opera. the gassed, man. <laughs> I think of Ghastly. I think of, like, a haunted FBI agent. Yeah. Like, he's spooked. Uh, he's, a haunted FBI He's haunted, agent. yeah. Yeah, he's haunted. <laughs> um... So, yeah, so uh, Special Agent Bob Gast, waiting for you to make the noise. There you go. <laughs> is assigned to help with the case. Agent Gast decides to. I swear to God. I won't do it every time. Sorry. Bob Gast. I'm trying, like, I'm scrolling, like, how many times do I say this man's name? Fuck. <laughs> You're like, oh my God. It's like, no, no, no. It's no. Mikadu, the sequel. It's fine. I'm telling you. It's fine. We're fine. We're adults. <laughs> Power through. Let's go. Okay. Agent Gast decides to use. <laughs> use the new method of trying to figure out who could have been responsible he asked the crime unit at quantico to do a, a criminal profile of the case they first looked at the weapon and used and since it was a knife that usually said the knife indicates a lot of anger mm-hmm. after three months the investigators received the profile report back and it pretty much narrows it down to ex- only one person and i'll explain why uh, the document was about 14 pages long and very detailed. It said things about this person's, like, you know, how many siblings this person would have and that they would be Catholic and that they would be, like, it's, like, how do they even, I don't know. Stalker. It's a, Yeah, it's a little, a little crazy. Um, but they did say, though, that the crime had to have been committed by one of Kirsten's friends. And after combing through Kirsten's inner circle, they find an exact match to the profile. Bernadette Prati. Bernadette, though, was super cooperative with police during the initial stages of the investigation, and she was even, like, mourning with her friends and going to the funeral and just completely acted like nothing was wrong. Like, nothing was... I'm already seeing similarities with my case. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And she passed a polygraph, which, yeah, I don't know. Was she in that, like, deep of denial? Well, like, there's some people, like... That just don't feel like just normal psychopaths. emotions. Yeah, like Gary Ridgway, he passed a polygraph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. And like there's, and that's I'm why like, they're so not trustworthy. And there's people who are so good at manipulating that it also like alters the results too because they're yeah. like, well, I could have never. And then like, they're like, oh yeah, that checks out. I bet you like, mine, even if I didn't do anything, would say I was lying because I get. Like anxious, yeah. If I'm like under pressure, like they'd, I don't know. Be like, sir, what's this large jump that we see in your polygraph? I say, oh, I was thinking of Homer Simpson. 
<laughs> sorry about that. I'll try to keep that to a minimum. No, it's even like when I'm driving or there's a cop behind me. I'm like, oh my God, what if there's a dead body in my trunk and I don't know? Your Apple Watch is like, please slow down. Um, <laughs> and you're like, yeah. I'm going 12 yeah. miles an hour. I'm just so scared. That's um, me at the airport. Like, what if I accidentally packed a bomb? Yeah. Like, yeah that might happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Carlin's bit about like the questions they ask at the airport. Like, uh-huh. is this your bag? He's like, no. <laughs> and then he's like, do you want like, it to be my bag? He's like, has any mysterious persons you know, touched or moved your bag at all. And he's like, well, that depends. What is a mysterious person? What is an unknown person? Surely everybody has to be known by somebody. And then True. He just, yeah, he just gets He immediately it. gets taken away by the men <laughs> in white coats. <laughs> Every night I took my oh, luggage God. and I put it to the end of the street. <laughs> okay, so yeah. So Bernadette, she passed the polygraph, no problem. Her alibi was that she had been babysitting when the crime occurred. But after taking a closer look at the profile, the police decide to pay a visit to Bernadette's home. In the garage, they discover a gold Ford Pinto. Mm. Yes, but there was a, a minor. A there's a, no, there's a minor, you know, discrepancy though. Like Bernadette claimed she didn't drive because she didn't have a driver's license, but I think we all know in this great state of New Jersey how many people drive without a driver's oh, license. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, not yeah. me. I'm a good little nugget. And it's yeah, not me too. They lost them, misplaced them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. was his victim's name? Kirsten. Kirsten Kosas. Um, upon checking her alibi, the family that she claimed to be babysitting for the night of the murder told police that they hadn't used her services in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, for her fifth interview, an FBI agent was there as lead investigator. And they tried and tried to get her to slip up, but she didn't break. Even when discussing the wounds that Kirsten suffered, she didn't flinch. Mm-hmm. Since they didn't um, know of a motive... They knew that their best chance was to get a confession. Bernadette flat out asked the interviewers if they think that she did it, and they said yes. Oh, yeah. That interview. Are you mad at me? Yeah, it was for sure. Yeah, like you think it was me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that interview definitely rattled her though, because just a few days later, she wrote a letter to her parents and told her mom not to read it for thirty minutes. The mom actually set a timer and waited and like I would as soon as she left the house, I would have ripped that fucking thing open. Like Me too. Um So she opened the letter and Bernadette confessed. Her parents quickly drove her to the police station and she broke down and told the officers everything. Mm-hmm. It took six months to get make an arrest in Kirsten's murder. Mm-hmm. Um the town was stunned. Because Bernadette, the whole time, like I said, she was not acting weird at all. She was acting business as usual. Just like that. What a psychopath. What year was this again? Huh? Was it, what year was this again? 1984. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in her confession, Bernadette admitted to making that phone call to Kirsten about the fake initiation dinner. Bernadette picked up Kirsten and they just drove around talking. And then she admitted to killing Kirsten all because of insecurity and jealousy. Like Kirsten, I guess she thought everything, you know, came easy to her and like she was like super cute and she had really cute clothes and just was super popular. I don't know. Like, it's so stupid. Um, Kirsten jumped out of the car because Bernadette was acting weird. And that's when she knocked on Arnold's door and unbeknownst to Kirsten in the Ford Pinto, there was a 12 inch kitchen knife that she had brought with her 
Um, and she claims that the murder was not premeditated, but considering that she wasn't dressed up for like a special occasion, I think she was wearing like a ratty t-shirt and jeans, they think it definitely was planned. Mm-hmm. Um, Bernadette Prati was found guilty of second degree murder. And because she was a minor, she was only sentenced to nine years and she was released after only serving seven years. For good behavior. I don't know. There's no twelve inch kitchen knives lying around. I don't know prison. where she is today. I haven't. I didn't actually look because I was like, "Fuck that bitch." Um, she works at Boston Market. Uh, <laughs> she she drive like, through it. Also, like, how is it not premeditated? She had a fucking twelve inch. You knife brought a knife. Car. Yeah, was this knife? Was she a cook? Like, like was well, she, she would say. Well, she said she's like, well, like I always had that knife with me because I would just. I think like, exactly like at work she would you cut things up and find an onion like. You know, but yeah. like, like I'm a culinary student, and I have spaghetti due at 11:59. Like, it just, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's she, it's bullshit. Ugh. Um, but that is the case of Kirsten Costas, mm-hmm. and my sources were Wikipedia and on the ID channel, the show 1980s, The Deadliest Decade. I have, uh, a, I have a question, real quick. Sure. Let's let's say I'm gonna kill a guy, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. This is this is Killer Chris. Okay. Killer Chris, right? Mm-hmm. If I just go in my Frankenhooker t-shirt and mm-hmm. I kill someone, like, with something that was already in my car, yeah, that might not seem premeditated, right? But mm-hmm. what if I dress up in, like, a very nice suit, maybe, like, a powder blue suit, to, decked out with a cane and top hat? To do the killing. Well, or... why else would I be wearing that? I mean, mm-hmm. that's, I, that's not something I normally wear on a daily basis. Well, I also think, like, your like Frankenhooker special... shirt, which is black... Would right. conceal blood splatter mm-hmm. better than the powder. About, well, that's not what it's about. It's about but, I'm putting on a kill out. But if you're going to do way. that, be perp- like, you know, yeah, dress like, for the job. Like, like Patrick Bateman with good? the raincoat. I understand. Yeah, that, <laughs> but, that, but, that's, but that's a practical reason. That's not like Dexter. Did you watch Dexter? Yes. You know how he always wears that like butt, like that slightly like polo. I don't even know what to call it. It's like mm-hmm. a long sleeve tee with buttons. It's like the gray green one. Mm-hmm. No matter, he's always wears that when he kills someone, and it's interesting. Which is like I'm thinking too, because I'm like just my brain is yeah. still an in, artist's mock. That this girl, yeah. Yeah. after yeah. she stabbed this other girl like a bunch of times, stuff like this girl when she went home, she like her parents didn't notice that she yeah. had blood all over her clothing yeah. or like her twelve other siblings. I hit a groundhog. With, like, my, with my pinto. No, like, uh, how do you? I don't. How I, do you miss that? Were they yeah. not home? I mean, you said they weren't home the one time she called. No, that was no. That girl. was the yeah. That was the other girl. What were they doing? Her parents. I have no idea. They just were like. Just. Dad was looking at the paper, and the mom was looking at the dish she was washing, and they just never turned around. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. That I poor... got my period. Oh God. <laughs> it's like in her hair. Like, yeah. Jesus. Ah <laughs> oh, God. Explosive period. Jesus. Yeah. Oh God. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, so yeah, that's terrible. That yeah. Kirsten, Kirsten Costas and Bob Gast. Bob Aww. Gast, yep, yep, and uh, Bernadette Prati. Sounds yep. like a bad friend. A real bad friend. Very you know who else friend. had bad friends? Piper will tell you. Oh, who you got? Skylar Niece. Skylar Niece. 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 Okay, so on February 10th, 1996, Skylar Annette Nice was born to Mary and Dave Nice in Morgantown, West Virginia. Skylar lived in Star City, which was also in West Virginia. Skylar was an only child, and her parents often described her as sweet, compassionate, and bubbly. They always are. Yep. In second grade, at a community center, Skylar Nice would meet Sheila Eddy. 
Despite the fact that Sheila lived 20 miles away, the two girls became the best of friends. A factor of both of their lives that really helped strengthen their bond was the fact that they were both only children. Mm. Um, Sheila was also involved with the niece family so much that Sheila would just, like, come over and, like, invite herself into the house. Like an honorary like, daughter. Yeah. And, like, her parents. Kimmy Gibbler. And, like, she, yeah, yeah, she was, yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. uh, and, like, the niece and the parents would be, would be fine with it. Like, they were just like, oh, hi, Sheila. Mm-hmm. Like, very, like. Yeah, like, you all, like, you're part yeah. of the family. Yeah. Exactly. We all had those friends growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you were that friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, Durling, uh, during Sheila's early childhood, her father had been involved in a car accident, which rendered him injured and unable to work. In 2000, her parents divorced and her mother later remarried and Sheila's family moved to where Skylar lived. In 2010, Niece and Eddie became a freshman in high school and reunited when Sheila transferred to Skylar's high school, which oh, really? was University High School. They were probably stoked. Yes. Oh, was... wait, this is bad friends. Yes, but... We're getting there. Skylar was popular and well-liked in school by her peers and teachers. She was said to be a really responsible and smart kid, and she dreamed of being a lawyer when she grew up. Skylar was an honor student, and she had a job at Wendy's, a fast food joint in America. Um, And she liked this job as much as she liked being in high school. Since Sheila lived closer now, Skylar and her would spend a lot more time together, and soon they made friends with a third girl, Rachel Schof. Schof's parents were d- divorced, but wealthy, and she had an older brother that, she'd not, that she did not grow up with. Before high school, Schof went, to, uh, Schof went to Catholic school and was sheltered by her family. Rachel really enjoyed getting attention and being in the spotlight, so she involved herself in the school's theater program. The three girls were all super close with one another. With one another, if they weren't together in person, they'd be texting or on Twitter. Some people describe the girls more as sisters than friends, and they even seemed inseparable. Most notably, Skylar's parents were really happy that Skylar had this bond with her friends. Mm-hmm. Like all friend groups, however, there would be jealousy in this trio. As time passed, Rachel and Sheila became closer, and Skylar was beginning to feel left out. By the summer of 2012, it was almost like Rachel and Sheila forgot about Skylar. A time of note when Skylar felt particularly alone was on July 4th, 2012, when Sheila and Rachel were hanging out without her. Skylar confided in her mother about this, and and her mother had told her to maybe do some school assignments to take her mind off of it and everything. Um... This didn't help, so Skylar took to Twitter to vent her frustrations. She said, "Sick of being at fucking home. Thanks, friends. Love to hang out with you. Love to hang out with with you all too." Hashtag I'm gonna kill this bitch. <laughs> different, no. different person. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. The next day, Skylar worked a shift at Wendy's until 10 p.m. And when she came home, her parents were casually watching TV. Skylar hung out with them for a second and then kissed them goodnight and said, "I love you" before heading to her room. Skylar was not going to sleep, however. She decided that she was going to sneak out, and she did And she did just that at 12.30 a.m. on July 6th. With the help of a bench underneath her window, she slid out of her home and took her purse, wallet, and phone with her. Just a minute later, at 12.31, she is spotted on surveillance cameras outside her apartment complex getting into a car, and then the car drives away. Ring? Is this like a ring cam? 
No, it was just like in the it parking lot. It was just lot. like regular oh, okay, like okay. surveillance. Footage. Like super grainy. I like... think I always miss the fucking year. What year is this? Um, this was 2012 at this point. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Skylar at this point was beginning to sneak out a lot more and she became more rebellious and she would often cross the Star City slash Pennsylvania border to smoke weed and drink with Sheila and Rachel. Um, Skylar was getting into trouble for this sometimes, and most of the rebellious bad behavior was cataloged on Sheila's Twitter. All three girls had Twitter and, and were active on Twitter, but Sheila posted almost twice as much as both the, uh, that of Skylar and Rachel combined. Sheila also used Twitter to express her feelings about her family and her life in general. Like, there was this one tweet where she was, like, calling out her stepdad for walking around the house without a shirt. And everything. And she was just like, it's gross. Like, it's not yeah. my fault. Yeah. I'm fucking jacked. Uh. <laughs> Feel like a fucking shit brick house. Sky- <laughs> Jesus. Oh not, it's not my fault. I'm sexy. <laughs> Doing the lawn. <laughs> With my Miller High Life. His yeah. New Balance. With my New Balance is covered in grass. His jorts. My, green, my, my slightly greened New Balances. Oh, God. Skylar's parents and other friends started noticing that Sheila and Rachel were bad influences and they felt like Skylar was being changed by Sheila and Rachel. The same thing started happening with Rachel's friends thinking that Sheila was a bad influence on Rachel. Both girls would dismiss the concerns of their loved ones, however. Eventually, rumors started spreading that Sheila and Rachel were in a romantic relationship because of the way that Rachel would always defend Sheila, but they both had boyfriends, so this could be untrue. Sheila and Rachel were really close and even planned matching outfits together, and this led led to Skylar, like I said, feeling left out. Sheila and Skylar would often fight, and it seemed to be that Rachel was the problem. Skylar would obviously vent her frustrations about this on Twitter. She said... I tell the whole school all of the shit I have on everyone, which is a lot. So back to the morning of July 6th, the niece parents got ready like normal and assumed that Skylar was in her room still asleep. Dave was going to go to a shift at Walmart, which he worked as like a stock producer and everything. Um, And so Dave was going to go to a shift at Walmart. And then he was going to come back after a shift ended to give Skylar the keys to his car so that Skylar could take uh, his car to her shift at Wendy's. Mm -hmm. Um, So when Dave came home, he knocked on Skylar's door, which um, was locked, which is out of character for her. Mm -hmm. Like she would lock the door if she was like getting changed or something. Just like typical, like I need privacy right Mm -hmm. now. So my door's locked. Right. But it was, but it wouldn't be locked like all the time. So like for it to be locked like this late into the day Mm -hmm. was like very like uncharacteristic for her and everything. Um, But despite this, Dave didn't think too much of it because he was probably like, this is probably like... She's probably changing, getting ready for work. I would still be like, hey, answer Um, me through the door. She's probably changing her fucking skids. Um, (laughs) Stepdad, stop! What? I'm married to your mother. Actually, it's her real father that she (laughs) lives with. I'm I'm your real father. I know you. (laughs) It's just me. It's daddy. It's just me. It's daddy. Remember me? I changed your fucking diapers. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. But it did get to the point where Dave started to worry, so he knocked again and still got no answer. It was here that his worry turned to fear. Dave did some investigating by himself and found that the window to Skylar's room was open with the bench under it when he went outside. 
Dave assumed that she snucked out again, but but began to worry that something happened to her because Skylar was still a responsible girl and wouldn't be late to her job. I would have beat that door down. Mm-hmm. I would have snucked out too. <laughs> snucked out? Yeah. Sneaked out? Sneak- so how do you say it? Snuck out. out. She just snuck out. Oh, snuck. Yeah. Did did I say it weird? <laughs> <I'm> sorry. What? <laughs> it's, it was keep going. Keep going. Okay, okay. So um, so yeah. So Dave tried to call Skylar's friends. He tried Sheila first, but she said she talked to Skylar around twelve a.m. But had no idea where Skylar was, nor an idea where she could be. Dave contacted Mary, and Mary was really concerned as well. But she said the same thing that Skylar wouldn't miss her shift. So Mary said she'd call Wendy's a little after Skylar's shift started to see if she was there, but still came home early from work just in case. When Mary arrived home, Wendy's had actually called them asking about Skylar and her whereabouts. And this is when panic set in for the niece parents. Um, With all of the evidence they had in mind, the niece parents contacted Star City Police right away. After this, Sheila called back and saying that uh, saying that her and Rachel picked Skylar up around 11 p.m., but dropped her off down the street from her apartment. Sheila and her mother even stopped by the niece's household to help look for her. With all hands on deck, they started. They all started to look for Skylar, but to no avail. Mary remembered that the apartment complex had installed security cameras recently, and so they went to the landlord's office to take a look at them, and they saw the surveillance footage of Skylar leaving around 1230. Police casted Skylar as a runaway and did not send out an Amber Alert for her, as the circumstances didn't qualify for one in West Virginia. Skylar's parents also could not file a missing persons report either due to the whole twenty wait till 24 hours after the person went missing thing mm-hmm. was still popular there. Um, but, and they, like, literally pleaded with the police. They were like, this is literally not in her character to do. Like, like, she- Or run away. Like, something happened to her. But police were like, no, she ran away. Mm -mm. Because the surveillance footage where she was- We don't want to waste taxpayer money. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Even though they pay taxes. Yeah. So, Skylar's parents decided that they'd take matters into their own hands and made their own missing persons flyers with her picture to put around all town, put around like the whole town and everything. Mm-hmm. Rachel and Sheila seemed really devastated and concerned too, but mostly Sheila, according to Skylar's parents. Sheila would call the nieces to ask about updates and tell them how she wished she had information and wished she could help over and over again. Sheila was really cooperative and even passed out flyers and volunteered to search herself. There was a moment where Sheila and Mary cried together on Skylar's bed and talked about her. Oh my god. On July 9th, law enforcement actually decided to take the case more seriously and after looking into Skylar's background, had finally agreed with the niece parents that this was super out of character for her. The case was handed over to West Virginia State Police and the FBI. When officers first interviewed Sheila, they instantly got an off vibe about her. They said something felt, quote, wrong about her. And they even said word for word that Sheila seemed really narcissistic. Mm. Um, on the day that Skylar went missing, which was July 6th, Rachel went on a boating trip with her mother and, and family friends. They noticed a bad cut on Rachel's ankle and thought it was weird. And on the 7th, Rachel was sent to go to church camp, so authorities had to do a phone interview with her. They said that Rachel was super nonchalant about the whole thing, 
with Rachel saying, I don't really know where Skylar is. Sheila knows more than me. Talk to Sheila. I don't really know much. Which to me is like a little weird because like if I got a call from the police being like, your best friend is missing. I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Like, can I come home? Like, 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 I, like, I'm, I'm like, like I, let me tell you everything. I, know I would be and, like, yeah, I, I, I would be like, fuck church camp. I'm, I'm coming home right now. Like, yeah. Like, no. Um, but yeah, so Rachel even offered to have an in-person interview with police as soon as she got back from church camp. Mm. Which like, why are, why are you waiting? Okay. So... Investigators decided that the in-person interview was crucial, so they tracked Rachel down, which wasn't easy. And when she was brought in, Rachel said the same thing she did on the phone. It was basically word for word and seemed really scripted to the investigators because Sheila and Rachel's stories were the exact same. Investigators looked into everything and they could... Uh, investigators looked into everything they could, social media, computers, and they even looked at Skylar's diary, which had its last entry a year prior. In this entry, Skylar seemed really fascinated by Sheila and talked a lot about Sheila and said that she could, quote, get away with anything and that she was, quote, really popular with the boys at school. She even wrote in detail about Sheila's intimate life. Her exploits. Yes. Mm. And um, she even said that one time while they were at a sleepover at Rachel's house. Um, they, they play hide the toothbrush. <laughs> okay. So. Hide the mouthwash. I'm drinking. Don't do that. I'm supposed to drink mouthwash. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> so. um Skylar wrote in detail about Sheila's like intimate life and everything sure. in the, in her diary. And uh, one of the entries states that when they were having a sleepover at Rachel's house, um, they snuck into Rachel's parents' liquor cabinet. Of course they and did. And they started drinking. And then um, Rachel and Sheila started hooking up in the bathroom together. Um, and it really made Skylar uncomfortable because she was locked in the bathroom with her. Skylar said, what? Yeah. And like Skylar said, like, I have no problems if you're gay. Like, like, no, but like, she's brush my teeth. but like, she she's just third like, wheeling it. And it's like, this yeah. is uncomfortable. But, but she, but like, honestly, like whether the person's gay or not, if like you're sitting there and two people are hooking up in front of you, that's going to be like a little awkward. And like, yeah. like, what the fuck are you doing? Like get a room. Like, yeah, like well, we have one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, police found tweets on Skylar's account on the day before she went missing saying, all I do is hope and you doing shit like this is why I'll never completely trust you. Due to the uncertainty of, uh, uh, due to the uncertainty of it all, the rumors at school flew around like crazy, but the niece parents felt like there would only be two possibilities. Skylar was being held somewhere against her will or she was no longer alive. So... Running away was never an option for the niece parents because Skylar fell uh, because Skylar left all of her important items behind, like her phone charger and her security blanket, which was, and her security blanket wasn't like a traditional blanket; it was like one of her mother's old night nightgowns that she like, oh, like gave gave a name. I don't remember what the name was, but she like named her security blanket. Oh, break my heart. Yeah. Um. 
A lot of students at school started feeling really depressed and anxious about the whole thing because Skylar was basically a friend to everyone and a shoulder to cry on, but she was gone. Sheila even posted on her Facebook, Skylar, come back. I seriously cannot deal with, uh, deal with school with, without you. I miss you too much. With Dave responding with, she will be home soon, honey. Love you. And Sheila replied to Dave saying, love you too. Rumors at school started to pick up that maybe Sheila and Rachel had something to do with Skylar's disappearance and that maybe Skylar had overdosed on drugs and died and the two girls hid her body and didn't say anything out of fear. These rumors eventually started to make it out of school and onto the online world and authorities seemed to be really suspicious of Sheila and Rachel. On September 3rd, warrants were issued to seize all of Sheila and Rachel's electronic devices and they started keeping tabs on the girls' communications. Police let Mary and Dave know about this, but told them to obviously not tell the girls as it was only a speculation and that they needed to cover all their bases and everything. And like, obviously yeah. they don't want like Mary and Dave like telling them because that's going to compromise it. And they'll fucking want to kill themselves or some mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. yeah. So on the Facebook page that was made to help find Skylar, um, Sheila posted, Skylar, sorry I haven't posted in a while. School is been taking up all of my time me and rachel miss you so much especially at lunch we sit at the lunch table alone come back so we don't look like loners anymore lol and school is so hard without you actually everything is hard without you i seriously think about you 24 7 and i miss talking to you on the phone day and night i know you wouldn't like some of the things that are being said lately Sheila and Rachel were definitely starting to feel the walls close in at this point, and speculations against them were really high in belief at, time, at this time, too. Twitter got intense, and there were two anonymous accounts made that followed the girls and started harassing them. Tweets like Luke 12, 2, a, a Bible verse, mm -hmm. and it said, so this Bible verse was Luke 12, 2, nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. And what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Like, literally mm. harassing them, like... Like, we know. Yeah, like, we fucking know you guys did something. Oh, God. Yeah. And so these tweets were directed at them, and Sheila responded to, to these, saying, No one on Earth could handle me and Rachel. If you think you can, you're wrong. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Are they looking like, for a third? I don't know. It sounds like it. Like, <laughs> ugh. No one can handle me. He's like a bad girl. Yeah. I'm like, just like, take him and smash their heads together. Yeah. Oh, Two coconuts? Girl. Yeah. Boom. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> police took another look at the security footage and realized that Sheila had never picked uh, picked up Skylar at 11, like she said. So they went uh, went to the security footage of all the other places that Sheila said they went that night. Once police saw footage from a convenience store they were at, they realized that at 1230, Skylar was picked up in Sheila's Toyota Camry. So police know that the girls are lying now, and they created a fake account posing as someone attending the high school so that they could keep more tabs on what the girls were posting online and everything. This is unrelated to the the accounts mentioned earlier that was that were yeah. harassing them. This This account was made by police. Yes. Saying, like, literally singing the song from Cops. Like, what you gonna do? What no. Gonna... Is that wasn't different. that? Oh, no. okay, I was gonna say, that's fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the cops singing. Like, bad boys come for some bad girls. Get you, bad yeah. girls, bad girls. Um, so, 
Despite the tweets and everything picked up from the online landscape, police still couldn't get anything out of Sheila and Rachel because their stories never changed. Police noted that Rachel was really nervous and reserved during interviews and that Sheila was upbeat and outgoing and even flirtatious during her interviews. Like, she was trying to flirt with the cops. Like, and, and everything. Yeah, trying to woo them. Yeah. No, for real. <laughs> for her or the... Yeah. Oh. Sheila seemed to want to know everything about the case, whereas Rachel didn't really want to and even avoided Skylar's parents. In the winter of 2012, police finally had the security footage from the various other places Sheila said they went that night, and they were getting closer to the truth. For example, the girls were texting Skylar when they said she was with them. Despite this, though, the girls were still sticking to their same stories. By mid-December, police had the girls take a polygraph test in which Sheila failed miserably. And when it was Rachel's turn to take the test, though, she jumped out of the car and ran to Sheila's house for help on the way to take the polygraph test. She knew she was going to fail it. Mm -hmm. One actually failed it, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this is Sheila and Rachel, right? Mm -hmm. What was the name of the victim? Skylar. And she, and this is crazy too, because you said the other chick from the last story um, passed the polygraph, right? Mm-hmm. And these, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, because like I was saying, like if people, if people are in such heavy denial where it's like a repressed memory of what they've done, mm-hmm. if they physically can't remember it, would the polygraph catch anything, or do you have to have that subconscious little like spark, where like it, you think of it and something goes on in your brain where they catch it on the graph? I think I I think it's like a bunch of factors, but like again, like polygraphs aren't admissible yeah. in court. So like, whether there's a polygraph taken or not during an investigation period, you can't use that evidence in court. So it's basically like, oh, we're taking it just because, like, we just want to see something. Does it just calculate emotional response? Is that what it is? Like just the transfer mean? of like like a polygraph test, like, like to kind of get into the person's head. Yeah, like, or, how, how does it, like, what is it tracking? What is it, it tracks your breathing. It it tracks your, uh, I think it tracks your, like, your pulse. Yeah. It's, like, all... Like, like mm. it's, it's, like, they hook you up to all these wires and shit. Yeah. And, like, yeah. It's, it's, like, crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, on December 16th, Mary wrote a really long Facebook post about everything that happened and the fact that Sheila lied and her speculations that Skylar, Skylar was dead. Mary and Dave lost trust in Sheila and Rachel, and people were really starting to turn on Sheila and Rachel. Um, This was all having a massive toll on Rachel mentally, and one day, Rachel's father moved in to help with Rachel's mental health because it was declining, and that really set Rachel off. Rachel went screaming all around the neighborhood, and when her parents caught her, they locked her in her room and called the police. In the call, you can hear Rachel yelling and being restrained and threatening to take her own life. Um... Just, like, really crazy shit. Um, Rachel ended up being placed in a psychiatric facility, and Sheila tried to go visit her, but the psychiatric ward was ordered to not let the two see each other. Um, Five days later, Rachel was released, and as soon as she was, her parents took her to the lawyer's office. It was here that she finally took her polygraph test. With Rachel's breakdown in the polygraph test, investigators were confident they were going to get the answer from her. And they were right. A few questions in, and out came the confession. We stabbed her. That's what she said. We? Yes. Mm. We as in her and Sheila. Um, 
The shocked investigator, uh, this shocked investigators as they thought they were just trying to cover up like an overdose or something or initially like, they mm-hmm. like they just thought like Skylar did too many drugs and she's dead somewhere and like, she's yeah. like, the, like they, like murder never crossed their minds. It always crosses my mind. Like, <laughs> like, like I would be like, what did you do? fucking route nine. Are you kidding me? Have you seen it? Yeah. Um, so Rachel told investigators how during their sophomore year, they took a trip to Myrtle Beach and all they did was fight. When they got back, Sheila complained to Rachel about how bad Skylar was and how and how much she didn't like her anymore and that she, quote, had to go. At school, teachers and classmates overheard Sheila and Rachel talking about how to get rid of the body. A body was actually found outside the school, so everyone just assumed that they were talking about that in, like, a dark humor sort of way. This body wasn't Skylar. It was, like, completely unrelated to the Mm -hmm. case, but there was a dead body found outside the school. Um, And they they thought, like, oh, like, how would you hide a dead body? Being, like, dark humor, like, inquisitive like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But despite this... There were still some students that thought this was in relation to Skylar, so they walked up to Skylar and they like warned her about it. They were like, "Like, dude, I think they're like planning to fucking kill you or something." <laughs> and like, and Skylar was like, "No, they're my friends. They could never hurt me. Like, they, like they would never hurt me." Uh, so like, she didn't heed the warnings and um. When summer came, though, Skylar was starting to catch on to the attitude that was directed at her. Hence the tweets on Skylar's account on July 4th and 5th about, like, the thanks for fucking nothing. Like, I hate being at home alone. Like, like, those tweets. On the night that Skylar went missing, Rachel said it was actually quite difficult to convince her to sneak out. Eventually, though, they did get her to come in. uh, They... Eventually, though, they did get her to come with them, and they drove to Pennsylvania. On the drive, they saw a state police car, which spooked them, so Sheila, who was driving the car, took a different direction. But they eventually did get into Pennsylvania, where Sheila drove them down a dark, twisty road that led to a spot where the girls would smoke weed together. Rachel said that they talked in the car for a few minutes, and then they went to their normal smoking spot. Skylar realized she forgot the lighter, and so she turned around to go get it, and as she started walking, Sheila and Rachel counted to three before they pulled out kitchen knives, which they got at home, and started stabbing Skylar. Skylar started screaming and was obviously shocked. Skylar was stabbed in the knee, and she tried to run, but she couldn't. She, Rachel said she fell backwards, and she stopped stabbing her, but Sheila kept going. Skylar suffered a total of over 50 stab wounds. Oh my god. She stabs this bitch in the knee? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The fuck? Yeah. Um, Rachel said that they For, watched... Sorry, I was what? Just, I, I was like, well, yeah, she probably got stabbed everywhere, but like, yeah. the first place you stabbed someone? I'm sure it was one of the run. first. Well, I don't I, think it was the first, I think it was one of the first. Okay. Yeah, it was definitely like a stab just to yeah. like render her like unable to defend herself yeah. or something stabbed her in her elbow like you know i've never heard that it, it, it's like it's like getting your achilles sentence slashed yeah, basically I guess, yeah. um mobilizes oof yeah I, so uh rachel said that they watched her slowly bleed out and die and skylar's last words were just a simple why hmm 
They waited for it to be completely silent, and Rachel said that they premeditated all of it, obviously, all the way down to the packing, all the way down to packing up the gear that they would, quote, need, like paper towels, rags, bleach, clean clothes, a shovel, etc. Um, and they put it into the trunk of the car. They had tried to bury Skylar, but the ground was too thick and rocky to do so, so they dragged her body under a tree and covered it in dirt and, like, branches and other debris around the area. And, um, they turned off Skylar's phone and placed it next to her body, which is a little strange, but, oh well. Well, like, it's, I guess they can't be caught yeah. with the phone on them. Yeah. But, like, you're gonna leave it there anyway. That's, like, why turn, that's well, just how I look at it. Like, GPS. True. You know? Um... So when they were done, they changed into their clean clothes and started going home. On the way home, they dumped the evidence and returned around 6 a.m. The morning of, Sheila tweeted out, Always keep your cool. Hmm. Monster. That's fucking... Yeah. Which, in my opinion, they didn't do. No, they didn't. They didn't stay very cool. Like, if you you don't want to be friends with someone anymore, just be like, I don't want to be friends with you. Yeah, like, why would they even, you know? Yeah. You think that's why they were hooking up? They were like, "Let's just." She's so annoying. Maybe we can like freak her out and gross her out. Yeah. You know. Maybe. I don't know. No. 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 You think they were hooking up? Seriously. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think this is all like speculation. I do believe they were hooking up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was for that purpose oh no i was in, kidding yeah i don't think they were just in, trying to gross her out because in skylar's like uh diary entries about like sheila's intimate life like she said that sheila told her that like she also like had sex with women mm-hmm. and everything and like so sheila was exploring bisexuality um mm. so yeah But Rachel's story shocked investigators, and when they asked why Sheila and Rachel did this, Rachel just said it was because they didn't like her, and there was no other specific details, just that they didn't like her. Yeah, but this is coming from the lady that was dressing, like, in the same clothes as this woman. Like, isn't that kind of of bizarre? No, no. Rachel and Sheila were dressing in the same clothes. Skylar wasn't. You know, Skylar's the victim. Yes. Yeah, but Sheila and Rachel are the perpetrators, right? Yes. So, but that's my point is like these people, they both did a heinous crime together and they were dressed in the same and they were almost inseparable. Like, do you think that one of them like was in love with the other so much that they were willing to do anything? Or do you think they were like genuinely both fucked up? I think. Like both. I think there was like a little bit of like romantic tension there. Because like it is weird for them to dress alike and be like inseparable and be on top Mm -hmm. of each other. And then they do this. They both do a fucking heinous crime. Most people don't do. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Um, People that wear matching couples' outfits are gross. And yeah, yeah. twins. Twins that dress gross. like that fucks me up. I have twins, and I but did. They're not identical. They're not identical. Yes. But when they were babies, I would dress them in similar outfits. Like usually, it was just like different colors. Mm. <clears throat> but now that they're like almost nine, well, they are nine. Jesus, mm. I would never do that because it's creepy. Yeah, yeah, it's just like because at that point they're like beginning to like no, they have their own Tweedledee, Tweedledum. Um, but when investigators asked Rachel to clarify, she told investigators, "We just didn't like her, and this was the only way to get rid of her." So police asked where they hid Skylar and if Rachel could take them to Skylar, and Rachel agreed. 
But by this point, the ground was snowy, and so the exact location couldn't be remembered, so they had to wait until the snow melted. On January 4th, 2013, police seized every knife in the Eddie household and even looked for the trunk, uh, looked in the trunk of Sheila's car where they found blood in it. Mm. Um, police needed to get more out of Sheila, so they had Rachel hang out with her one day while Rachel was, like, armed with her recording device. Oh, um, my God. She stung <laughs> her out? No. No, because Rachel got too anxious and Skylar never came up in conversation. Oh. Um how do you not talk about that though? Right. Like, yeah, like, uh, maybe, what well, other... I don't know. Yeah. Okay, right. with that being said, you said Rachel had the wire, right? Yeah. Does that mean Sheila was probably the initial aggressor? Because why would Rachel be afraid of Sheila? I Unless think, she probably started that shit. I think that Sheila was definitely the dominant personality yeah. here because Rachel confessed first and she was like mm-hmm. uh, like losing her mind, basically. And Rachel was the late friend. Like, she, Sheila was yeah. the one that was friends with Skylar originally, yes. right? Yeah, uh, yeah, because <laughs> Sheila was like, Sheila was like really like what's happening like is it like like tweeting out like oh my god i miss you skylar whereas rachel was oh, like whereas whereas so rachel sick. was more like mm-hmm. i'm gonna distance myself and like keep, uh, and like keep a low profile yeah. um but mary and dave knew that the police were on to sheila and rachel but they didn't know all of the details yet at this point um mary and dave thought their daughter was still alive oh god yeah. no when the snow had finally melted. Police were able to locate Skylar, and they did tests just to check if it was really her, and it was. Hmm. Um, after this, police ordered for the girls to be homeschooled so that they would see each other a lot less. And on Skylar's birthday, Rachel made a happy birthday post to Skylar on Twitter. On March 13th, police announced that Skylar's body was found in Pennsylvania, and counselors had to be brought into school to help with the grief for like everyone in school and like just be there and like because like their classmate just died in a brutal way like yeah. like you're gonna need grief counselors to like let people like mm-hmm. talk about this and shit um so yeah sheila was still trying to maintain innocence at at this po- point and posted on twitter Rest easy, Skylar. You will always be my best friend. I miss you more than you could ever know. And worst day of my whole life. Despite confessing Rachel was doing this too, she tweeted, Rest in peace, baby. I love and miss you more than anything. May you finally have justice. On April... Guilt. Yeah. I, it's just so disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like... Oh my god. Like... How... The, the, the tweets get worse. Well, well, yeah, and up until, like, a year or two ago, I don't know if they are now, like, you can still find the tweets on Twitter. Yeah, like, like, uh, like, I think Sheila's account is still active on Twitter if you, if you look for it. Um, Sheila was still trying to, uh, yes, okay, um, on April 1st, 2013, a month before her arrest, Sheila tweeted out, we really did go on three, counting to have, like, like, referencing back to how they counted one two three and then they started stabbing skylar like that like it was just like a confession on twitter can you imagine, like, can you imagine just like being skylar and you just hear them go three two and you're like no just one two three. Oh, okay yeah it was on counting, three or go uh, or on three or after three <laughs> <laughs> sorry they probably definitely did have that conversation because they're both fucking brain what happens, dead. If, what happens <laughs> if i go on three and you say go and go um, 
But on May 1st, she pled guilty to second-degree murder, and her juvenile status was changed to adult, and the blood from the trunk was tested, and it was revealed that it was, in fact, Skylar's. Sheila was arrested at Cracker Barrel for first-degree <laughs> murder. We were just talking about that. Yeah. I know. That's why we were talking about yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> because Rachel led the police to Skylar's body, she was cut a plea deal. The trial started on October 22nd, 2013, and due to her mental breakdown, Rachel's attorney attorneys requested the testimony to be her testimony to be suppressed, and it was rescheduled for January 28th, 2014. Four days prior, Sheila p- pled guilty to first-degree murder, and Sheila's defense attorney even said that he felt like there was nothing to defend. He's he, like he like himself said like wow. I've reviewed all the facts of this case and mm-hmm. there is nothing here that I can even try to be like, this is the reason for this. Like, like that's bad when your defense yeah. attorney is like, I can't even fucking Yeah, you're you. fucked. Like, like that's fucking bad. Mm. Um, 18 months after Skylar's murder, Sheila was sentenced to life in prison. 15 years into her sentence, though, she could apply for parole. In court, Sheila seemed more worried about her looks than being apologetic. Like, she was, like, playing with her hair. And there were points in court where she was, like, smiling and everything. Just, like, very, like... To a girl who she grew up with and was, like, a sister to her. Yeah. Yes. Psycho. Um, Rachel, however, did apologize to the niece family. And, however, obviously, and understandably they didn't accept this apology yeah no like there's a point like i watched some of the like uh response footage that skylar's father did and Mm -hmm. he like stutters and he's like and he's like um there's not there's nothing you you could say that would help my fit and then he stops and said me and my ex-wife well me Mm -hmm. and my wife um because part of him realizes that they're not family anymore because Skylar isn't there like it's just him and his wife now and that that's at least what I take away from that like he stopped saying family mid word and was mm-hmm. just like what family yeah um but yeah to this day both girls are spending their sentences at Lakin Correctional Center in West Virginia and as a result of this case, a law called Skyler's Law was passed that changed West Virginia's criteria criteria for an Amber Alert to go out. Now an Amber Alert will be put out regardless of the circumstances of the case. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to meet, like, all four points of criteria anymore. Like, Good. Like, it's just, like, a kid's missing? Okay, we're gonna send out a fucking, like, put the fucking bat symbol in the sky. Like, we're gonna, Which, like, like... Yeah, like, they need to start listening to parents when mm. they say this is not normal for my kid mm. um instead of waiting because like not that she could have been saved obviously it was already done mm-hmm. but it would have just put things into action a lot sooner oh yeah yeah like it's just listen to parents mm-hmm. they know their kid better mm. than anybody and like i know people probably deal with hysteric parents all the time or hysterical parents all the time but i yeah, fucking I'm pay a nut. you i I'm pay a... you to go look for my fucking kid i don't care if my kid's at the park Find my fucking kid. I my sister. My sister. I told this story mm-hmm. actually earlier tonight in the kitchen with um, my sister. She travels a lot for work. She went to Colorado mm-hmm. and she decided to go hiking. And I this. yes, this is just over the summer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she hikes all the time. No problem. Anywho, my, 
my stepmom calls me and she says uh samantha hasn't her location hasn't changed in like four hours and it's starting to get dark there she's not answering like all this like she starts panicking and i'm like okay i have to be the calm one but i'm gonna help we're gonna spring into action my sister my stepmom and i call different hotels in colorado you know saying I'm, i can't find my sister you know is she does she stay there you know whatever it you know fast forward we call the local police to go look for my sister well my sister texted me an hour later and she, all she said was what the fuck <laughs> and i was like what she's like you don't get service on top of a mountain that was the best what the fuck ever yeah she was just like like she was like, i come down from the mountain and my phone is just blowing up and there's a cop there waiting for me and just like oh god she's like you guys are insane yeah at least someone gives a shit you know? and then she sent me back a picture like a selfie she's like by the way this is what i wear when i go hiking in case you ever need to show someone it's just a bikini i'm like oh i'm like god. yeah you definitely so yeah i'm where i'm a little bit of an overreactor but no matter what if then if they're not missing you'll find them super quick and yeah and that's it it's done yeah and there was actually a recent update this year to this case Ooh. Um, Rachel was denied parole on May 9th, 2023, which fucking womp, 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 yeah. womp, sore loser. Yeah. Eh, sorry. Um, yeah. but yeah, my sources were Wikipedia, Investigation Discovery, SkylarNeeseMurder.com. Um, and the YouTube video Murder Solved by Killer's Own Tweets by Eleanor Neal and YouTube video When Mean Girls Become Murderers by Kendall Ray. Whew. Excellent would, job. So you know how they make the Winnie the Pooh horror where he's killing people? Yeah. They make the mean ones, the Grinch. Mm-hmm. What about Mean Girls, but it's a horror? And this, <laughs> these bitches just fucking killing people. Oh, yeah. Like the, stuffing their bodies in the, 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 I don't even know. I mean, the, the Heathers is like there's a murder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tonight's uh, episode is sponsored by Drano. <laughs> yes. Silly. You got to drain. We no, you know. don't. We got to know. No, you no, don't. You don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Not anymore. Nope. Okay. Ah. <laughs> Excellent job, Piper. Thank you. Uh, we should make a mixed drink. Yeah? That looks like Drano. That's... Yeah. That, that we'll would discuss. Be looks just like Drano. Yeah, just... Yeah. We, we were just chugging, like, what is it? like just blue cure cow yeah, right yeah. out of the bottle. Like, <laughs> okay. Well, uh, tonight, let's see. Oh. I don't know what the fuck I was going to say. Figured something out? Oh, uh, yeah. All right. All right. Well, I think this, you know, wraps us up for the night. Um, we do now have an account on buymeacoffee.com. Yes. It is under uh, Coffee Scream. One word. That's us. If you buy us a coffee, you know, we'll be so grateful. It's going to go towards new equipment and, you know, mm. keeping us caffeinated. As per the pun that I so graciously wrote in the description on the website, uh, we would like you a latte if you did that. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yes. I can't wait to wrap my car around a pole. Stop it. <laughs> yes. No, and that's cute. I like that. We did get our very first sponsor. Or not sponsor. Um, Drano. Donation. Yeah, not- <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. First ever. Someone first bought ever. us on buymeacoffee.com. They bought us three coffees. Or Drano's. Oh, because there's three of us. There's three of us. Yeah. Um. So thank you, Joshua. So nice of you. Yes. We're so grateful. Joshua, step right up. Joshua yes. You get like a little one of jingle. The sweetest of pies. Like a thing. Yes. Like almost like Family Feud or something. Well, you can just sing it every time. You can do it. Joshua. Come on down. We need something like the shame bell. 
Who's going to be our yeah. new lucky contestant? <laughs> yes. Um, so if you would like to donate, go to buymeacoffee.com, you know, slash coffee scream. Um, you can find me on Twitter at it's Jess G. That's Jess with one S. And we are also on Instagram. Coffee and scream pod. And uh, don't forget to check out Wonder Time Theater every Tuesday at 7 on Twitch. The worst show on Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash Wonder Time Theater. Think higher of yourself, you guys, Christopher. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> you guys, it's, it's interesting. You, you'll like it. Yeah. You will yeah. love it. Um, it's so it's, campy. It's awesome. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. that. It's like when you go to a friend's house and you have their parents cooking. Mm-hmm. It's like different, but it still works. Okay. Yes, that's why. It gets the, yeah. it gets the job done. Yes. Um all things movies and more. Yes. Live music. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yep. Well, I think that'll do it for us tonight everybody. Mm-hmm. Remember to stay safe and lock your doors. Bye. Bye. Bye.